we are going to go over a bunch of different things. You know, I'm a curious person. Uh, our next guest that our next guest, well, our guest today, who we're going to talk, we're going to talk to is uh, going to share some really important strategies for how you can get your business ranked through Google for keywords in your niche and how you can use content creation and SEO outreach and strategic funnels to bring in new signups to your business. As you know, the Commonsense Show is about building systems and processes that you can implement tomorrow. And today, we're going to talk about how you can do this by content creation, SEO outreach, and uh, driving business to your to your uh, driving leads into your business. Um, don't forget that we have a brand new business resources page that you can check out, and you can download some of the resources or sign up for some of the resources. You can see my library, some of my favorite books that I've read, and you can use them. Uh, to try to elevate your business and install systems and processes in your business. I'm excited to get to this uh, conversation, but first, I'm Michael Logan. This is The Common Sense Show. You're listening to The Common Sense Show. If you've just started a new business, or if you're just thinking about it, this podcast is for you. Michael Logan has a stellar track record coaching small businesses to achieve six-figure revenue streams. The advice on this show is what has allowed him to have over 15 years of experience as an entrepreneur. Here is your host, Michael Logan. All right, welcome to the Common Sense Show. Today we have Farzad Rashidi. I am so excited to actually have him on the podcast. Uh, we spoke Farzad, what, maybe two and a half, three weeks ago, something like that. You know, whenever, when you're busy, like 14 hours a day, like time is like changes or something like that. You know? <laughs> it's like, you think you spoke to someone like three weeks ago and it was like two days ago. You know what I mean? I'm not sure if you experienced that, but Farzad is the lead innovator at uh res responsa so i use the s <laughs> respana respana there we go you got it and uh, uh farzad actually is uh, highly experienced um and he comes from a highly competitive and profitable company that competed with some really major competitors if we said the name you would probably know them he helped build the organic traffic to over two million visitors a month and then after being a director of marketing at uh, Visme, uh, he launched their latest startup, which is Respana. And uh, he, here he is today. He's going to share some tips and secrets with us for you small business owners, how you can drive leads through content curation and SEO to your business. And this is an exciting one for me because I suck at content creation. And so we're going to talk about how to do that, what tasks that you need to do, what stuff is the best content they put out there? Uh, I'm assuming Farzad, you know it all. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> I wish, I wish we're going to tap, right. tap into your knowledge base. So tell me, uh, before we get into like the content creation piece, tell me how it is uh, that you even got into this marketing space. What, what, what attracts you about being in this space? For sure. And I'm happy to I just realized, Michael, we're actually matching. I'm not sure the audience can see us, but uh, <laughs> we're both great, wearing a black T-shirt. Great minds, very, man. Right. Very crafty. <laughs> Anyhow, uh, so just to give you a little bit of a background, Micah, um, I started working at Visme back in the day when it was a tiny little startup. It was uh, in beta still. You know, Not a whole lot of people knew about it. 
And I actually came across a product because I needed to create a quick presentation. And and for folks who don't know what Vizme is, is a all-in-one brand content creation platform. So say, uh, Micah, you want to create some content for your agency. You want to have you know some documents or reports or any sort of visual content. Right. Uh, you stick your brand guidelines in Vizme, then you can have all your team members in there and be able to quickly pop out content that's on brand without having to know any sort of design. Uh, you know, principles or anything like that. It's just basically drag and drop, you know, quick in and out type of software. So can I ask so you, I, like, uh, yeah. uh, my first of many questions, maybe hundreds of questions today, um, do you just upload your logo and then it extrapolates out the colors and the font type? You don't even have to upload your logo. So just give us your website and then we would just go do some snooping around and it will automatically pull up your logo, your colors, your fonts, everything. And then you sort of put it together and then, that's it. And then it creates better. customized templates. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> pretty, pretty awesome tool. And so back in the day when I, I came across a product, I was like, this is, this is pretty damn cool. Uh, when, when I used it and I was like, not a whole lot of people knew about it. Again, back in the day, it was quite early. The product was working well, but you know, I still was, you know, uh, still in the process of development. Right. And so I, I reached out to the founder, Paymon, um, and it was like, hey, man, just came across Visme, and I thought it was pretty cool. And let's connect. And, you know, we sort of started a conversation. I, I think I cold emailed him or cold messaged him on LinkedIn or something. That, that's how sort of the conversation started. Yep. And then he goes, yeah, I mean, we, we have a bunch of engineers and we've got a bunch of designers and, and, and we don't have any marketing folks. And I was like, guess what? I'm a marketing <laughs> guy. <laughs> Let, let me let me help. Yeah. So we, we, I got started with a, a you know very little salary at the time. Again, it, it was close to nothing. But I was very passionate about the business then, and I really right. believed in the product. And basically started out, um, you know, throwing different strategies on the wall and and, and playing around with different um, tactics. At the time, I was quite new to the industry uh, of SaaS in general, and and Visme is sort of a, a unique spot that we have. We cater mainly to businesses, but we also have a large B2C site. So there, there, you know, there's quite a lot of, um, uh, I would say, bases to hit. And, and, and over time, we sort of came across, um, and obviously, we always knew about content marketing and SEO, all that good stuff. But, but until we started actually doing this, uh, that we started hitting a lot of walls. And uh, we, we had we struggled at the very beginning to try to scale and also get some tangible results from it. Not in terms of just traffic, but also signups and paying customers, which is the mm. you know blood of any any business. So basically, uh, over time, what we figured was just throwing and slapping some content on your website isn't going to cut it, and especially nowadays that everybody's creating content. Uh, it is quite nose, noisy out there. So we sort of got it down to a science in terms of how to identify what type of content and what sort of things we need to talk about. And also- What do you mean? What do you mean uh, so on this podcast, we avoid generalities. I ask very specific questions. Oh, okay. Questions. So All let's right. Talk, let's talk about, <laughs> let's talk, okay. Because, you know, honestly, really the biggest issue with small business owners is not that they lack ideas, is that they lack fund foundational knowledge about execution and how to execute mm -hmm. and what order to execute. And so, but these things are important to kind of underscore and highlight when they happen. So how did you, how did you first, once you, what did you look at to see that it wasn't working? 
And mm-hmm. what's what steps did you did you take to kind of correct that and turn it around? Of course. Yeah, absolutely. And, and by the way, uh, just a little side note, I actually wrote a little free ebook about the whole process, about 160 pages that dive deep into and there's kind of screenshots and step-by-step instructions. So if you Google VISME, V-I-S-M-E, marketing strategy, uh, one of the first search results that comes up is the, the PDF that I wrote. So folks are interested in sort of diving deeper. Again, I'm going to give more details uh, during the yeah. show. That's probably a good resource to refer to. Yeah, we'll put now, that in the in the uh, show notes so they can see it. Sounds like a plan. Awesome. So as far as the strategy goes, basically what we did at the very beginning was pretty much what everybody does. Uh, when when you hear of, when when you think about content marketing, everybody is like, okay, we're just going to create a blog on our website, and then we got to hire some freelance writer and get them to just throw out a couple of topics and at them, and then they write a few pieces of content. We're going to put that on our blog, share it on our social media, send it to our newsletter, and nobody's going to read it. And we're going to get discouraged and we're just going to move on <laughs> to other sorts of, you know, getting customers right. like cold outreach or paid ads. So paid ads works up to a certain point, but then since they use a bidding system, it's getting more expensive by the day. So at some point you're going to hit a plateau in terms of ROI. And also at the same time, cold outreach is, is also not the best, especially when it comes to to, uh, do products that don't have a very high price point that is worth the time and the energy to hire SDRs and AEs and do demos and kind of, you know, go door to door. So the only scalable way that we found that actually works is through our, um, an SEO and and content. And and again, I'm quite biased towards it just because some, uh, the industry that we are in, it is quite critical to be good at SEO. Now, uh, it does it work for everyone? Absolutely not. It all comes down to whether or not your potential customers are Googling for any uh, or, or for the solutions they're offering, either product or service. Right. All right. So let, let's let's dive deeper. Let's break it down. Let's actually go through the step-by-step process. All right. Now, what we did at the beginning, again, we, we learned these through trial and error. Okay. So we were in just some geniuses trying to figure out, okay, here's the roadmap. Here's what we're going to do. No, we're, we're experimenting with different things. Lots of things didn't work. Some of them did. And then we sort of eliminated stuff that doesn't work and doubled down to stuff that does. Right. And, and here's what we found over the course of the past year is that building a website is much like building a house. Okay. You need a very good found solid foundation and then you need to build on top of it, the facade and okay. the walls and the plumbing and the electricity, right? Mm-hmm. So there's three pillars we need to hit when we, when we try to build a website and want to acquire customers online. Pillar one is the right site structure. Pillar two is going to be creating relevant pages, could include landing pages, sales pages, and content pieces in various formats. The third pillar is the content promotion aspect, which, which is, uh, which, okay, here's the thing. None of them are more important than another. There are pieces of the puzzle, right? You, you need to have them all three together for yep. it to make sense and start mm-hmm. actually generating. So let's start breaking it down. So start with step one, site structure. Yep. So when you think of site structure, everybody just thinks, okay, my site needs to load fast. Yeah, great. That's, that's awesome. But well, what you need to do is to identify, okay, how do visitors come and find me? Because let, let's be honest here. No, we're not Apple, right? No, people don't naturally just come to our website. They don't, nobody goes to our website and starts typing, okay, apple.com or respana.com 
entered, like come to our website and start browsing through our site. So right. you need to build your website in a way that you would show up in places where your potential customers who are looking for a solution like service like you would, would naturally find you. Mm-hmm. So the way we sort of broke it down at, at Visme, just to give you an example, and again, we also uh, repeated the same thing also on the responder side, is by first identifying a few parent keywords. Mm-hmm. So for Visme, it's quite clear. So for us, our parent keywords are presentations, infographics, right? For re- Respana is link building, digital PR, right? Any business can come up with any handful of keywords that that's their target uh, keywords. Go ahead. So parent keywords are the, are keywords that you feel like describe your business in a single word. Exactly. Or two, or, or two yep. words, I assume. Yeah. Exactly. And that could be multiple words. That doesn't matter. But what, what happens is what's important here is that these are your uh, basically your, your foundation keywords that you're trying to build your site around. So that's basically the core of your business. If you have a plumbing business, okay, mm-hmm. plumbing in Boston is your parent keyword. Right. Now, let's put ourselves in the shoes of the customer first. So, mm-hmm. Micah, I'm going to ask you this question. So you've got a presentation tomorrow and you don't want to use the existing solution you have. I'm not sure what you use, whatever, Google Slides or PowerPoint. Right. You, you're looking for something better. What's the first thing you do to find a new solution? Absolute first thing you do. You Google. Exactly. So <laughs> same, same for a lot of businesses, right? People just naturally, intrinsically, just pull up Google and start typing. <laughs> yeah, and, right. and, and that's exactly where you want to catch them. So... For our target keywords, so for, say, for example, take the presentation keyword. We want to create a landing page or a sales page that's the, at the very bottom of the funnel. And that's what we call a, a, a sales page. So I'm going to refer to that in a sec. And, and we call this page presentation software, right? Mm-hmm. So presentation is a parent keyword. We create a sales page for it called presentation software. And this is purely a landing page for sales. That CTA on this page. Go create an account, make your presentation. And then we just give you some information about the product. No educational material whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the problem. A lot of people create sales pages. But right. if you go and look up presentation software in Google, there's probably around a billion search results. Now say, okay, you created a really nice site. You hired a very expensive agency, right? It could be your cousin <laughs> who made right. this site for you. And you're like, hey, man, this is in the top 1%. Like, okay, great. Let's see you're in the top 1% when there's a billion search results, top 1% right. is what, the, the, the 10 million right. <laughs> search yeah, rank? Yeah. So how do you go from 10 million or the million search results to top 10 that get 99% of the clicks? Right. So that's where uh, the, the notion of topical authority comes. Uh, comes in. So Google naturally wants to show more useful information to their users because that's how they make their money is by be, being the best search uh, engine so that if you have a question, you get your answer through Google mm-hmm. Best. They sell information. So, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we care about the first part first. Right. Uh, so basically what we want to do is to establish ourselves as an authoritative source, resource for our target parent keywords. And the way, the best way to do establish yourself and, and build some credibility is by creating educational pieces of content around that parent keyword, just to imply to Google that, hey, my website is an authoritative resource on presentations. 
So for each one of these sales pages, we're going to create a, a, a fancy SEO is called a silos, but we call these just categories, just categories of content that we just basically talk about, okay, how to make a presentation, how to give a presentation, right? How right. to, uh, or, or what color or what are the best sales, uh, sales pitch decks, et cetera, right? So you answer queries that people, and again, I'm going to talk about exactly how to find these keywords and how to prioritize them because there is a trillion of them out there. Mm-hmm. But then I'm, I'm describing the site structure. Now, basically what happens that what we do is to reference our sales pages from within each one of the content pieces that we create in that silo, right? So if I'm talking, which is easy to do, because if I'm talking about how to make a presentation and just from within the content, like, by the way, if you're creating a presentation, you can also take a look at a tool like this me, and then we reference our sales page in there. Right. So there is a, so it creates a little tree on your website, right? So you have a few parent keywords. Each one has a sales page. Each one has a silo of content. Each one of these content pieces are linking to that sales page. Right. Now, what happens is we, we need to take a step back to understand how these search engines work. Back in the day, there's, there's a ton of different search engines like AOL and Yahoo and, and Google wasn't the predominant player. Jeeves, so the way you remember Jeeves? No, man, I'm not that old. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah, Jeeves, but there was a, the little butler that had the tray and like he's supposed to go get your answer for you kind of thing. It was gotcha. it was really weird. Got it. Got it. I, I actually haven't heard of it, but there was, a, there was a gazillion of them out there. So how did Google become a monopoly? And, and long story short, they developed this algorithm called PageRank, which mm-hmm. people think it ranks pages but it's actually derived from Larry Page. <laughs> uh, it was a founder of Google. But anyway, um, Larry Page created this algorithm. It was like, okay, you see how for research articles, mm-hmm. the, the amount of credibility each has is dependent on the number of citations. So if other people are talking about you and referencing you, that establishes you as an authoritative figure. They're like, what if we apply that to search results? So mm-hmm. if you have a really quality piece of content, then other people would naturally start talking about you. Mm-hmm. So each one, of, and uh, as they talk about you, they normally link back to your website. And that right. these links, these little hyperlinks, is, is kind of vote to popularity in nice Google. All right. So there's a, lot of, there's a lot of stuff here. So it's kind of, we should have to like boil this down because we could go for a long time on this. So, <laughs> um, so basically what we're saying is, uh, what we're getting to is the importance of having content that you create as the person who knows the business in driving to a sales page um, for the keyword that's related to essentially what you do, right? So you have a parent keyword, the keyword that describes your business in a single or two words that um, describes exactly what you do. Um, and then you have a, a website um, or a, a page on your website that actually basically is, is the search result for that particular word that people are looking for. And then on that site, you're answering the question related to that specific keyword that you put that you put on there. And exactly. And so many people miss this piece of developing content for their business. And from just from my informal surveys and talking to business owners, a lot of the reason why they don't do it is because of the amount of time 
that they believe is associated with generating content. Um, in your experience, do you have to have, do you have to spend a certain amount of time on generating, creating content um, a week or a day? Like, is, is there a number that people have to, should strive for? It's like to, the amount of things to get out on the website or social media that people have to strive for? Or um, is this just a, uh, is this just a, uh, like a, you know, just do it once a week kind of thing. And, and eventually it becomes like, you'll get the traffic that you're looking for. What, what's been your experience with that? You know, Michael, there's no one size fit all answer. Uh, the way I describe it is, uh, is a matter of dedication to resources. So obviously if a company has more resources, you have more headcount, you have more revenue, you, you're able to invest more. And, 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 what, 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 what it boils down to is a matter of dedication and resources. Now, I talked about creating content, and that's exactly what we started doing at Vizme. We're like, okay, great. A lot of businesses aren't creating content. A lot of them are. Let's go ahead and build these blog posts. And guess what happened? Nothing. Let us sit there for a month. Mm-hmm. Nothing. There's like two people coming to our website. One of them was probably my mother. Thank you, Mom. <laughs> <laughs> She's always been my biggest supporter. There you go. And nothing else. Nobody would come right. find you. So what we found is that we spent 20% of our marketing resources on content creation mm-hmm. and 80% on content promotion, which is why I was describing the algorithm of Google and how, I, how you can understand it so you can make sure that not only you just spend money on creating content and slap it on your website, you make sure it starts getting rankings actually brings traffic to your site. Okay. So, so you so, guys had that basically the Pareto principle for, um, for basically for, for SEO, right? You are, so you had all this. So out of a thousand dollars, let's say you're spending $800 on promoting what you were basically building in terms of informing people about what they're going to see on your website. We look at it in terms of time, but yes, that is correct. And uh, in, in, yep. Mm-hmm. So, so for, for example, if you're a smaller company and you only have, you say you, you have a small business and don't produce as much content mm-hmm. if you don't have the resource, produce one piece of content every month, one every other month, and spend the rest of the time promoting that piece of content, which I'm going to talk about what promotion means in the sense, right? So that's key. And that's sort of what helped us stand out from a lot of these other companies that are also doing content marketing and mm-hmm. especially going against some of the big guys in the industry that have millions of dollars that are pouring into it. And we're still beating them on the rankings. Yeah, because right? they're, they're pouring money into like studio production and all this. Exactly. And graphics that's right. and everything. Yeah. So for us little guys, it, it is going to be more difficult to get rankings, but there is a way. And because as I said, it's more so about creating topical authority for that website, meaning that this right. website is really good at this one thing. Right. So discussing about content promotion. So as I was explaining, these backlinks that other, meaning other relevant authoritative sources, other relevant websites, mm-hmm. when, when they're talking about you and linking back to your website, it's a vote of popularity in eyes of Google and increases what we call your domain authority. Right. And, and also page authority on a page level. It's basically and a professional referral back, exactly. to your, back to your website. You go to a doctor, they're like, oh, you need to go see an ortho. An ortho. Um, I'm going to give you this link or I'm going to give you this referral to this ortho 
um, and then they only send people to this ortho. And so in your in this exactly. particular, your particular case, the backlink is, well, here's this authority back here on this specific topic. Go here if you want to hear more about this, right? Exactly. It's like a mean girl's popularity contest, right? right? So if more people are talking about you, must be very popular and credible, right? Oh, no, not mean uh, girls. It's the wisdom of the crowd. Right. What's that? I said, not mean girls. <laughs> <laughs> Is that not it? That's old, old reference. That's funny. Oh, no, yeah. It's there all you good. Go. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so the content promotion was really key in driving our strategy. Now, content promotion, again, I, I didn't really dive deep into content creation. Again, we can, we can talk about that in terms of how to identify what to write about mm -hmm. and how to write uh, in order not to just cater to search engines, but also cater to your users, kind of find right. a balance. So, so, so taking care of the stuff that what we call off on-page SEO, stuff that is under your control, making sure you're creating quality pieces of content and the way you want to prioritize them. We can, we can dissect that and, and dive deep. But, but on the other hand, a lot of, I would say most businesses that I know of skip that off-page side of things just because it's, it's not entirely under your control. It's getting other people to talk about you and do something for you, which is 100% more difficult than doing something on your own, right? Mm -hmm. So that process, <clears throat> once we had these carefully crafted pieces of content put out, was something of a manual process. So we basically were identifying. So let me give you an example so it would make sense, okay? Mm -hmm. So say, Michael, you, you put together a content piece on your website called um, how to market your podcast, mm -hmm. all right? And say you sell, for example, podcast marketing services, right? And you yeah. have an educational piece on how to market your podcast. Now, ideally, you want to find other websites that are authoritative and have written a piece of con content that's not directly competing with yours. For example, they're talking about, hey, what are the best marketing strategies? Or, or for example, what are the best marketing strategies in 2022? All mm -hmm. right. And as part of the article that mentioned something about make a podcast, hey, podcasts are getting popular. 40% of people listen to podcasts regularly. And once you create a podcast, you should definitely make sure to market it. And that's it. That's all they say about it. Move on. And guess what? Micah has spent an entire month carefully crafting this ultimate guide to podcast marketing that makes a perfect fit for, for this article because obviously if, I, if I'm trying to actually start a podcast and I come across that article and, and, and I'm like, okay, I need to market my podcast, how? That your, your article would make a perfect addition in terms right. of a link to that yeah. piece. So ideally you want to find, and again, I'm giving you just one example of out of mm -hmm. like a thousand different promotion tactics. So ideally, first, I want to identify these content pieces that are not directly competing. I've mentioned your keyword in there, but didn't really dive deep. And then it comes down to finding the right person, right? I don't want to reach out to Micah because Micah's got 10,000 other things to do. So I want to find the person who manages the content or manages the blog or the SEO. And then find the direct content information of that person and then send them a personalized pitch with an incentive, taking into account what's in it for them. So I reach out and say, hey, Micah, I came across a piece about marketing tactics in 2022. One of my favorite tactics was actually when you were talking about creating a podcast. We actually have a podcast of our, on a, of our own and it's, it's been doing very well. And by the way, I noticed you talked about podcast marketing and didn't really dive deep. 
we just put together a comprehensive guide that I think would make a nice addition. And if you were kind to give us a mention here, I'm more than happy to actually invite you over to come on the show and talk about your business. Or I'm more than happy to do, I'm more than happy to share your article with my 100K uh, community uh, of podcasters. That would be interesting reading it. Or I'm happy to reference one of your articles in another article I'm writing this this in that website. So there is a, a level of incentive, which is, a collaboration, right? So you should never just reach out to someone, ask them to do something for you without offering something in return. And the same goes for here. And so your goal should be to find someone who's in the same domain space as you, but may specialize differently than you. So for instance, you talked about marketing um, in this particular case, marketing a podcast. So it should be, it would be, so the, the blog or, or the, the piece of content you're looking for is the, is the parent domain. So marketing, and then, you're like, well, we specialize in marketing podcasts. So here's an article on marketing podcasts. Is that what you're saying? So like, for instance, if it was fitness, right? Um, I own a fitness business um, in a franchise company. So I would, for instance, find a franchise, let's say consultant company that's like, hey, we sell franchises and we have blogs about how to start a franchise. And I wrote a, I wrote a guide on um, how to start a fitness franchise. It would be like, hey, so um, we have fitness franchises. I wrote a guide on how to start a fitness franchise. Would you be interested in, you know, uh, this link to this guide, which is in my blog on my website, right? Like, and like what you have to do to like start a fitness franchise. And so that, so, and, and if they are, if they've been around long enough, they have a domain authority that's high enough, then that link is going to give, um, or create traffic for specifically for your site. Exactly. Okay. You nailed it. And, and, you want to look at it in terms of content level, right? So I don't necessarily, um, it's not so much about uh, finding another person in your domain. It's more so about finding in, finding the pieces of content who could transfer authority to your, to your content piece, right? So they also have to get a level of traffic. They also have to have a level of backlink profile, right? So we do a lot of vetting in terms of finding out, okay, what are some of the contents that if they link to us, is actually going to move the needle. But again, it does sound like a lot of work, but you also have to consider that you don't need a ton of these. <laughs> like if you, for example, go uh, take a look at any of the popular keywords, especially the ones that's me that's ranking for, we compete with a lot of big companies. Right. Each content piece, once you take out the junk, they have mm-hmm. like four or five links that are actually driving, moving the needle for them. Mm-hmm. So a handful of these actually goes a long way. 98% of the content on the internet has zero back. 91% gets zero traffic. So just having one backing from a relevant authoritative source puts in the top, you know, 2%. And, and then you get a handful, you're golden. Right. Now, again, obviously it depends on how competitive the keyword is, the space mm-hmm. rate, et cetera. But all I'm trying to say is that don't think about it as like, okay, I don't have the resources for this. No, you don't need to have a, a, a huge number of these things that point to your website. Mm. And then that's sort of, and again, the, what, I, what I walk you through is a very simple thing. That also opens doors for other collaborations, right? So I'm like, all right, Michael, now that we collaborate on this link exchange, you know, let's do a guest post collaboration. We turn that into a partnership normally. So normally opens doors. So we have a network of partners now, other companies that we work with. And it sort of creates a little engine that keeps feeding your website backlinks over time. And it's not just backlinks for the sake of links, because you can always go on Fiverr and buy a, th- a thousand backlinks for a dollar, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you want to work with authoritative companies that don't care about your money. 
And those links are the ones that are going to move the needle for you because Google is becoming very smart in figuring out what are some of the links that are natural, that are editorial, that are relevant versus the ones that are unnaturally built. So a lot of also businesses make this mistake of just working these shady SEO companies that they just build a bunch of links to a website without actually doing proper research, which is going to backfire. So let's talk about let's talk about creating actually creating content because this is important. Um, mm-hmm. And um, I, I, what I like to address is specifically is how like number one, what kind of content right now is playing is hot. We're twenty twenty or well, close to the end of twenty twenty one. We're now recording this podcast in uh, November. It probably won't be released um, for until December or so. So we'll be, you know, like in close to the end of the year. What it, going into 2022, what kind of, in your mind, what kind of content is actually hitting the ball out of the park on websites? Sure thing. So, so to do that, I need to explain something very quick and that is mm-hmm. understanding user intent. So any, so you remember, let's go back to that site structure example. So we said, okay, we're going to pick a few parent keywords, say example of Disney, or let's take respond as an example, right? So mm-hmm. I take, for example, link build as our parent keyboard, right? And then we have a link building software landing page. If you go on Google, we show up with it. And now we have a category, we want to create a category of content that we write educational resources on link building. Mm -hmm. Now, how do you go about finding these specific queries? What do you write about? That's very important. And that's normally step one in any content strategy. So I developed this little step-by-step process. So we use a variety of different tools. There are some free ones out there. My favorite one is Ahrefs. So what we do is identify, we run our parent keyword through one of these SEO tools, and it pops up in million um, keywords that are long-tail variations, that are questions, how to make a presentation or how to build back to your website, how to increase your organic traffic. Right. But it gives you three important metrics that we're going to use to prioritize these. One, so I, I call this the opportunity keywords. So ideally, I want to prioritize keywords that get the highest volume, so in terms of numbers of clicks, mm-hmm. get, and at the same time, they have the highest commercial intent. Mm-hmm. It's not just about, hey, how do I take a screenshot of my website? It's actually have some commercial value for your business. Right which I measure that in terms of CPC for that keyword. Because if other advertisers are betting on that keyword to run ads, that means mm-hmm. that they're making money from it. So that's normally right. a really good indirect factor. And three is how competitive is that keyword. So I ideally want to prioritize keywords that are less competitive. Mm-hmm. So again, high volume, high commercial intent, and low competitiveness. Yep. Now that, that middle ground is, is that overlap is our golden opportunity. So I developed this low metric that uh, I talked about in the ebook. Again, it's just a very simple formula. I drop these numbers in and it just gives me a, a abstract number that helps you prioritize through a billion keywords. So, what, so what's list. that number? Oh, that so, so what, that, what, do you, what exactly are you looking for? To, to prioritize keywords to have the highest volume because mm-hmm. these SEO tools give us the volume of each keyword. They give yep. us the cost per click for that keyword. And they also give us a number of how competitive that keyword is. It's called keyword difficulty. 
So now that we have all these three numbers, do you have a, a SEO keyword tool that you can recommend to the audience to use? Yeah, there are two ones. There are two only that are uh, mm-hmm. everybody uses them: SEMrush and Ahrefs. Okay. Um, yeah, there's also another free one. Uh, it's called uh, Neil Patel created it. I'm not sure, gosh, what it's called. I don't remember at this point. But but Ahrefs and SEMrush, those are my two recommendations for any SEO tools. Again, if you have any sort of content strategy in mind. Probably, it's very hard not to pay for these tools. Let's put it this way. Right, <laughs> we yeah. have no financial affiliation with them, but yeah, there, there goes some right, free advertising. Right, right. <laughs> so, so basically, once you have these three numbers, I, I, I calculate what I call the opportunity score, which is you know uh, volume multiplied by uh, one over keyword difficulty multiplied by uh, one plus um, cost per click. Again, it's, it mm-hmm. sounds complicated, but it's just me helping me try to prioritize these keywords. Right. And, and once I do that, then I have a list, now depending on how much resources I have in my hand, I just pick out the top 10 or top 20 of these keywords that I want to start creating content about. Now, here comes a very important part. And that's understanding user intent for each one of these keywords. Mm-hmm. Because creating a blog post is not always an answer. So what you want to do is to actually run that keyword you pick, for example, how to create a presentation. Run it on Google. Google is running millions of these uh, experiments every day and has nailed down the user intent for that keyword, meaning that if, if a person is looking up how to make a presentation, they're probably looking for a step-by-step instruction guide. They're looking for presentation software. They're only looking for sales landing pages, tools that they can just click and go sign up for. Right. If they're looking for, for example, how, how do I make comments? They're probably looking for a YouTube video that walks them through that recipe, right? So, understanding the user intent and creating content. It could be a sales page. It could be a video. It could be a podcast. It could be a, a long-form uh, blog post or whatever caters best to that audience, right? And you can actually find very clearly, you can see patterns of the type and the structure of the content that's already working for that keyword. Not saying so to you, copy. you basically position yourself in the way of in between the user's intent when they're searching and um, and the results. So like you basically are, are using that to make content for if you're the business that actually solves that, <laughs> solves for that issue um, to make content using what people are searching for, which is a, you know, like I think that oftentimes people, small business owners, when they're making content for their websites or to try to get noticed, they just make content based off of what they believe is important about their business, but it's not necessarily what people are searching for. Exactly. And there was a, I just did a podcast. I recorded one that was on Clayton Christensen, his white paper. He's a. Do you know Clayton Christensen? I don't believe I have. No. Yeah. So he was a he he's he he passed away last year, but like he was a professor at Harvard Business School, and he wrote a white paper with two other professors and it was called marketing malpractice and uh, what he talked about was that for a long period of time uh, business owners and marketers alike agreed that when they were trying to find uh, trying to understand that what their customers wanted they would before they would go into a town or a certain location they would research their income the name it whether or not the person you know, bought a house or rented, whether they were married or single, do they have children, you know, all the, all those factors. And the problem is that 
it told them on average who the person was that enjoyed their service, but it didn't tell them what they were, why they were enjoying the service. So what he came up with was essentially trying to figure out why people, what he called hired the business to perform a job. So if a person had a 10 inch drill bit and they were trying to drill a hole, the, their problem is that they need to drill a hole, that there's needs to be a hole in this piece of wood. Right. (laughs) So they hire, they hire a business to perform the job of drilling the hole. Does it matter if it has variable speed action and uh, 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 this kind of grip or that kind of grip? Um, or does it does it matter more so that they can get the job done? And so what you're saying when it comes to user intent is interesting to me because at the end of the day, people are looking to get jobs done, which is why they're looking to hire businesses. They hire exactly. you know, Persona to, to do some uh, responsa, sorry, responsa to to um, Respana, sorry, I put the S in there again. To uh, <laughs> they hire you guys to like to cre- help create um, content and, and information, right? But what are they looking for? Why are they hiring you? What job are they looking to get done when they actually hire you guys? So um, I find that that is a way, is an interesting way to kind of understand the job to be done in your business. What you know, what are people actually looking for? Like if you just Google, if you take that parent keyword. You talk about creating content. It kind of puts you in that place where, where people are looking to bridge the gap between having a job that they need to hire a business to do and actually creating a purpose brand and, and establishing what you need to do as well. Exactly. You nailed it. And, and 100%. But that also doesn't mean that you should only ex- exclusively create content that is directly by the very bottom of the funnel on sales related. Sometimes there is a customer journey and, and, and there's different steps. And, and sometimes there's content pieces that are created at the very top of the funnel, right? Mm-hmm. And, and normally there's like seven touch points before you close the deal. That's what they, that's what you hear in marketing textbooks. And, and a lot of times, obviously not every small business has the, has the resources to do so, but that's why the prioritization resources is very important. Like I've me not only every, not every single contribution we create is about creating presentations, right? Something's about, uh, hey, um, what's, how do you pick the right brand uh, color for your for your brand, right? Now, that's not directly relevant to exactly what our software does, but it, it puts our name out there. And now, if you're looking up other information later, come across VizMe, you're like, oh, I've heard about them, right? Mm-hmm. Now, content creation is something that's been done scientifically and very well. But again, as I said, 80% of our resources at VizMe was going through our content promotion. And it was a very long and tedious process that was quite labor intensive. We had six full-time staff members, data miners, duct tape, a bunch of different tools. And at some point we were like, all right, guys, this is ridiculous. <laughs> we can't scale this thing without spending a ton of resources. So what we did basically was try every software you can name under the sun. And, and they couldn't really find the software. They were either mass email tools and that would sort of spray and pray uh, which I don't personally agree with. I don't think it works nowadays. I'm sure you get a ton of emails every day. My cons. Hi, I'd like to publish a guest list on your site. <laughs> right. Yep. yep, exactly. And, and so it works great with websites that are, you know, low tier blogs and they just charge you a fee to publish 
content on their site. Now, I think that none of these links are going to move the needle. Sooner or later, they're going to get caught in the Google algorithm. Those are all going to get nullified. The only way you actually can get value is working with sites that don't accept payment. And, and that requires building relationships. So we tried tools that would, that would just be a CRM. That was just basically helping you keep track of your relationship. But the average part, identification, prospecting, finding contacts, stuff that would require us to do some research in, 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 in terms of link building and content promotion uh, was almost non-existent. So basically what we did was to put together the whole process and stuck it in a very ugly looking tool <laughs> internally mm-hmm. at Visme. And it just worked tremendously well. That's like our team members had tears in their eyes. They're like, oh my God, this is a godsend. <laughs> so how do you and, create these relationships with people who own, who run websites that don't even know you? Exactly. So that Average promotion, I could talk about it forever, but there's a variety of different tactics that normally you you have a foot in the door. So you hit them up with a transactional uh, exchange or, or a simple collaboration. We normally also uh, take multi-channel approach. So not only we hit you over mm-hmm. just on your email, but also send you a connection request before that email gets sent. So that you see your face, see our face, know we're a real company, real person. And, and, and have clear-cut incentives, deep personalizations built in. And that's normally enough to get our foot in the door about 10 to 15% of the time. Right. Now, then it goes on uh, and becomes more serious. So, for example, another next step after we collaborate is to say, I came across a guide on marketing. You added the link to our podcast promotion blog post. So, take a look. Again, I use these SEO tools all the time. Next step in our relationship building is our team will look through Ahrefs and take a couple of your competitors that mm-hmm. Ahrefs would tell you is like, okay, these websites are competing with this and that other websites. For example, like Respondus competing with this website and that. So we, we take a look and see what are some of the keywords that those competitors are both ranking for, but you aren't. We have a fear mm-hmm. of missing out. So then we actually take a screenshot and send it to you. And we're like, hey, Mika, thank you so much for adding that link. Mm-hmm. By the way, I noticed that your competitors, X and Y, are both ranking for this keyword, uh, guide to lead generation. Right. But you guys aren't. And I happen to have a writer in the house who is an expert in lead gen. He's actually had a demand at a previous company. And we would love to actually write a comprehensive guide covering that keyword for you. Mm-hmm. What would you say on the house? Interesting. What would you say? I would say, of course, if it's free. Yeah, there you go. But again, what do you lose? If I had, if I had reached out to you and said, "Hey, Micah, can I publish a guest post on your site?" Mm-hmm. Most likely, you would say no. Right. <laughs> but guess what? Now we have our foot in the door. Now we already collaborated. You already know us. Mm-hmm. Now we hit you with another targeted pitch, and then we take that relationship forward. And then also it goes on and on. Then we mm-hmm. once we publish a guest post on your site, we build a partnership with you. We're like, all right, Micah. We do this guest post on other relevant authoritative sources all the time. What do you say if you mention our post and your blog post and you do the same for us? We build a network of these partners over time. So now every time we publish guest posts now, not only we reference us, but also multiple one of our partners. So it increases the ROI in every single content piece that we publish on our website. So tell me Again, about- I don't want to- Go ahead. Yeah, no. So tell me about uh, your company now. Like, how are you all bridging the gap and helping- uh, small businesses drive leads. Um, like, t- tell us how you're doing that right now. Sure. So, Respana was, as I mentioned, the, the, the 
platform for content creation link building. So now that you publish the post on your site and now that you have a content piece on your website, what do you do next? Mm-hmm. Well, what our outreach team does is that they fire up respondent. That's the first thing we do after we hit publish. And then respondent would help you identify these other opportunities, the process that I walk you through. You don't have to do it manually. And then respondent would go automatically find the right person, get the mm-hmm. contacts and verify and find them on LinkedIn. Again, mm-hmm. all of that stuff automatically found for you. And then last step is depersonalization. Respondent gives them some snippets to be able to personalize, helps you send a connection request to them. And then you hit launch and you set it and you forget it. It starts sending emails from your own email account, has a couple automated follow-ups as well. And pretty much builds and brings the whole process of promotion under one roof. So that something that would take 10 hours now would take 10 minutes. Is it a drag and drop or is it, um, is it just about connecting your like external um, social media accounts, LinkedIn, that, that kind of stuff. And then it automatically populates information. How much engagement does the user have with, with. Uh... You have full control over everything. Uh, the only thing we ask you to connect is just your email account. So you just connect your email, give permission to respond to send emails on your behalf. And, uh, and, and then we also give, give you tools to, do prospecting, finding content pieces. And a lot of it is, is automation. So you set it up however way you want it to work, click a run and let it do the digging for you. Okay. And so um, I, I appreciate you coming on. There was a lot of very dense information here, <laughs> um, I think. But I mean, I think, I think there were some really key elements to this conversation. So obviously there is a lot of work in going through and researching keywords. You kind of have to know in some ways what to look for, but I think you gave a good basic outline that people who are not experts, you can go to SEM rush or Ahrefs. Um, you just Google that and then go to the first SEO research tool. You can search for specifically for a word or two that describes your business and just begin the process there. Start doing research, seeing what people are looking for, how those keywords are ranking. Um, and if, and if that keyword ranks high, you know, and is and is not too competitive, then that might be something that you can add to your level of content creation because obviously people are are looking for that, and you can generate content around that. Uh, <clears throat> so, you know, I always like to kind of leave like, um, what can business owners implement tomorrow in their business to drive more traffic to the website? Very simply, what can they do tomorrow? One of the simplest things you could do is to get rid of your old pages. A lot of businesses have a ton of legacy pages, stuff that they've created over the years that doesn't need to be there, eats up into their crawl budget, and just brings down the quality of the site overall. Mm. Um, deleting and simplifying your pages is normally step one in, in any SEO content strategy I recommend. Right. Start with a clean slate. Go through the process like a science. Again, I go through. I know we covered a lot of info. I mm-hmm. This whole process I walked you through is 160 pages. <laughs> Look up Visme marketing strategy mm-hmm. and start from there. Okay. All right. Well, that sounds like pretty good. Now, if, if anyone listening to the podcast today is interested in Respana or uh, contacting you maybe to get a little um, consultation for kind of what they're going through and how they're trying to improve their SEO, how can they reach out to you? 
Sure. My, well, my name is Farzad Rashidi. There's like one ever. <laughs> I stick out like a sore <laughs> thumb everywhere. One in the world. Right. There you go. So you can, go, you can either Google that or just look it up on LinkedIn. And normally that's the best way to contact me. I'm, I'm pretty active on LinkedIn. LinkedIn. I don't post much, but I read stuff. Uh, and, uh, and, and our website, respona.com, R-E-S-P-O-N-A.com is also a good way to learn about our business and what our product does. However, mm-hmm. if you're just starting out and don't have any pieces of content, don't have the right side structure, don't start paying for all these fancy tools. Mm-hmm. Respond included. Start small, clean out your site, build the right side structure, put out one really good piece of content, start doing some outreach and prospecting yourself manually mm-hmm. till you hit a point that you're like, okay, I got it. But I don't have time to do this myself every time. Right. Then you want to put that process on autopilot and scale things up. And that's sort of where Responda comes into play. Mm-hmm. So by no means, I'm like, okay, come sign up for Responda tomorrow. Most likely, it's not going to be very useful for a lot of right. people. But, but start small. And once you hit a process, when, when you hit a point that you can't scale manually, start looking at tools. Yeah, makes sense. All right, Farzad. I appreciate you coming on and sharing some gems with the, the with the audience. Um, it's so important to, you know, for, for us to present different strategies when it comes to, uh, you know, driving traffic to websites and getting people ranked on, uh, on Google. It's a struggle that people have and they don't it, like, you know, the thing is the relative cost of SEO and, and kind of doing this, these things to the ROI that it can bring you is ins- like insane, you know? And so, but I don't think that people who are business owners do it because it is, you have to kind of, you need to learn the terms. You need to know where to find things. It's not as straightforward as paying for paid ads and getting and, and monitoring your traffic. And if it doesn't work, changing an image or text. And then, you know, like there's a little more involved, a little more legwork. And so maybe that deters people from engaging in SEO and they don't know where to go and where to start. So, but you know, your tips today, I think certainly provided a guideline and um, some guardrails for individuals who are looking to start the process up and to kind of kind of move their content strategy forward. So, absolutely, and yeah, and you know the way you would want to look at it is that it's a competitive advantage. It's not just a marketing tactic. It's something that you're building your entire business on. You know, Visme, the amount of traffic we're getting, the amount of signups we're getting through organic—that's technically for free. Mm-hmm. quote unquote, you know how much we would have to pay AdWords to bring the same level of traffic and signups through mm-hmm. AdWords. Pick a number every month. Half a mil. $1.4 million a month. So our traffic is now worth $1.4 million a month. Right. I asked him whether, whether, whether it was worth it. Well, in my years of marketing, I haven't found any other channel that, has, that yields the best ROI. Yeah. supposed to be complicated otherwise everybody would do it and you'd be out of business tomorrow <laughs> that's right exactly yeah no that's true that's true um but it, it makes sense it makes a lot of sense actually and uh well, to me and i hope that individuals listening to the pod like listen to the shows today like really understood what you were saying and how to kind of like lay it out there if you don't you can always download the free guide that we're going to put in the description and uh, <laughs> kind of work your way through it uh, Farzad, thank you for coming on today and um, listen to everyone listening to the show. Um, although our, my conversation with Farzad is over for today, 
Um, just remember to continue to try to use your common sense in your business and your business will grow. Don't forget to check out uh, the business resources page on uh, our podcast website. If you're watching this on YouTube, hit that notification bell and subscribe. If you are listening to this on your favorite podcast platform, subscribe, rate, and review us. Give us five stars for all the great information that you heard today. But until next time, use your common sense in your business and your business will grow. But for now, I'm out of here. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of The Common Sense Show, hosted by Michael Logan. The producer for The Common Sense Show is Paul Logan. To reach out to Micah and The Common Sense Show, talk to us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Just search The Common Sense Show. And if you enjoy the show, please don't forget to rate and or review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Thank you for listening.